What's going on, guys? It's your boy, KT. We're back with another episode of United Podcast Experience. Candleland, we have Amanda Alexander. She's from Indianapolis, Indiana. She runs a brand called Or Fellowship, and she's going to help young professionals out. But that's enough for me. I'm going to let Amanda introduce herself. Awesome. Yeah. Hi, I'm Amanda Alexander. Um, like Kevin said, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I love this state. So um, when I decided to kind of stay here, the organization or fellowship really kept me here. Um, mm-hmm. We are an organization dedicated to developing the next generation of business leaders and entrepreneurs. Um, and I don't know, after I finished college, um, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life. And I'm a lover of learning and I didn't want that to stop. And or fellowship um, kind of provided that I don't know, that uh, extra learning in the young adult life um, that I could just continue to do without all of the exams and the tests and the essays and things, Um, because we do workshops and learn from other people. We have speakers come, um, and yeah, it's really awesome. I continue to learn about business every day, but then also learn about the other people around me and the things that they get to do. No, absolutely. That sounds great. We'll start off on your background in the state of Indiana. For for those who may not even know what or where Indiana is, we have viewers around the world. Tell, give us a little one-on-one on the state of Indiana and what makes this place home to you. Yeah, so Indiana is, I guess, kind of smack dab in the middle of the United States. People would say it's a little bit more east, um, but we are called the Midwest. Um, so I'd say that's pretty center. Um, we mm-hmm. are right below Michigan so um, and just east of Illinois. So for international folks, that's three hours away from Chicago. Um, Yeah, so Indiana, um, you hear a lot of people say that we're filled with cows and fields and not much else, Um, but that's wrong as much as I do love the fields and the cows. um, We are a bustling bustling center point, um, even though we're kind of a flyover state. Um, Indianapolis is kind of being a little bit more recognized for um, the entrepreneurs in, in the city and also just the tech scene. Um, and yeah, I, I love it here. Um, it's kind of a, a good mix of having a city, but also being from like small town, I grew up in the countryside. So my parents, we grew up with chickens and my neighbors had cows, my aunt and uncle have pigs. So, I mean, I am very much used to, um, being able to escape the hustle and bustle of everybody else. Um, but Indianapolis is kind of a happy medium. I can go to a state park that's only like half an hour away and get my silence. But if I want a good night out on the town or just want to go see friends, I'm within, you know, a 20-minute drive. So it's kind of the best of both worlds in that sense. Very good, very good. Suburban area sounds like a great city for anyone listening. Um, so give me a little bit of background on Fellowship. And you said you were sounding a little bit, you didn't know what you wanted to do, and then they came about. I'll give you some more detail on that. And just really what was the inspiration of saying this is the brand or, or family for? Yeah. So Or Fellowship um, was started in like 2003, um, and it was named after Governor Robert Orr. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's and that's kind of all, but he was um, really into, you know, developing Indiana, and that was a lot of his, um, I would say, his platform. And so um, it was named after him, and it was started originally to retain talent inside of Indiana. We have, I mean, a lot of great colleges, a lot of good graduates, and um, a couple, the two, the two founders, Bill Osterley and Scott Brenton, kind of just sat in a room and they're like, we just see so many good people around here, but we don't know how to keep them um, in Indiana and employ them in these 
in these companies. So they had a company um, with Angie Hicks, also um, kind of a co-founder in that sense, called Angie's List. And um, kind mm-hmm. of back then, it was one of the places that graduates went to go work. And so they just started to uh, recruit from colleges and um, kind of named this as fellowship. So they were going to work for a company, but they also had the benefits of having people come talk to them. There was going to be workshops like they could learn and different stuff like that. So um, when it started, though, there was only like a handful of people. I think it was less than 10. Um, And then now we've grown to a class um, of like 140. So it's a two-year program. So I applied my senior year of college. I studied creative writing and Spanish um, as an undergrad, and I really loved those, but I knew that I had other skills that I could expound upon if I were just given the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, business has always been something I'm interested in. My dad owns um, a couple hardware stores, so I grew up helping him, like his family business. And um, so I decided this fellowship, um, it was around business leaders and entrepreneurs and offered kind of these other things. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot. Um, and it's really competitive. So we had this year 1,400 applicants and only 70 people got accepted into the program. So um, it's pretty competitive. So I, it was kind of a shot in the dark um, if, I, if I was going to get in. But uh, here I am, and I am loving it. That's great. That's great. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the business game. And obviously you mentioned your dad. What, what really inspired you? I like the business rule in the entrepreneurial space. Is it the freedom and luxury of time, a lot of people say, or do you feel like it's just that inner creativity that can be blossomed? Yeah, I think um, it's part of that inner creativity that can be blossomed, but also uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's problem solving. So um, I, like I said, I studied creative writing, and I think I loved creative writing because I could start somewhere, kind of figure out where I was going, and I knew the end result. I knew kind of where I wanted my story to end. But kind of how we got there was really just up to how I wanted to go and input from others, and there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And I think that business is kind of the same way. It's just a story that you're trying to tell and the end result that you're trying to give to people. And I really enjoyed the, the logistics of all that um, and how – people can just have so different backgrounds, such different backgrounds, and we can all still come together and figure something out together. That, to me, is, I think, the reason why I was interested in business. Yeah, the collaborative effort, it, it definitely makes sense to think that we can. We have a story to tell, even if you're a businessman or you're in the sales industry or any industry, and I think the way you explain it works perfectly. Now, the creative writing, that's an interesting and mix with business. Do you still use uh, what you learn in creative writing and, obviously, Spanish helps a lot with the the diversity in, in massive cities. Uh, tell me a little bit how you're applying that today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, creative writing I'm using still in my day-to-day job. Um, mm-hmm. I work in operations, but um, one of the things at my company that we needed to launch off the ground was onboarding and training programs. So mm-hmm. one of my first I don't know, first projects that I was given was to use this company um, called Lessonly, and they are a company here in Indianapolis, and they are a training kind of software program where you can write out lessons, have questions and quizzes and things, and put them together as kind of a curriculum for either continued training or onboarding new employees. So I had to, um, you know, start my first week of work, and I interviewed people. I just interviewed people in sales. I interviewed people in finance and operations, even in quality control. We're in, we're a manufacturing business. So I had to interview them and how they did their jobs. And I think 
in my creative writing, I had to tell their story, right? As much as uh, mm-hmm. cutting, you know, um, decals were a decal label manufacturing company, as much as that isn't super interesting or um, intriguing, I have to be able to relay that to somebody else who has no idea how to do it in a way that they can actually execute on it. So, um, yeah, it was really, it was really fun. I had to learn how to take these things that people were saying that were very technical and very exact and explain them in analogies in different ways to people who were going to learn about it. So I would say that I do a lot of process documentation as well. Um, but I would say the majority of my creative writing goes into my podcasting. So, um, I kind of have these it's uh, I have my nine to five, which is my job at Duramark Technologies, and then my five to nine at night, um, where I work with kind of or fellowship and doing the podcast. So interviewing other people, kind of like you are interviewing me, and taking their stories and figuring out um, the I don't know the story that they are trying to tell and craft it for other people to consume is where I'm doing the majority of my creative writing. So it's kind of a kind of a cool balance. No, it is a good balance. I've always got the side hustle and the main hustle. Uh, tell me what it's like balancing uh, the side hustle and main hustle, but also some things. Can you uh, learn something from the side hustle to apply to your nine to five or vice versa? Um, in some ways. I think they're actually they're pretty different. So I like that. Um, yeah. I like being able to um, have my creative self and my creative outlet through my podcast and then also be able to um, just really work on problem solving and collaborating and things like that during my day job. I will say, though, one thing that both jobs have taught me is um, managing people or managing projects. So with my podcast, um, I'm not sitting next to the people who are on my team. They're in other parts of the city. And we don't always get to, you know, get into one room and work things out. So there's a lot of conference calling, a lot of emailing back and forth and keeping things in our project management system. So learning how to not control, but um, manage other people who are remote versus people who are sitting right next to me has been a really valuable tool. Um, and I think I'll definitely use a lot more as I advance in my career. Very good. Very good. No, that's great because, Project management is underrated. Event planning even is underrated in today's day and age where people think, well, you just set up an event on these websites, and there it is, but you still got to get the human element. Um, give me a little backstory on how you started this podcast and how long you've been in the podcast game and how it's developed. Yeah. So Or Fellowship does recruitment. Um, we are a nonprofit, but we all we all kind of run it. So during our two years, um, we can run for positions and things like that. And one of the positions that's open is recruitment, um, finance, marketing, um, tech, and different things like that, kind of like a normal company would be structured. Um, I'm under the marketing team with uh, this podcast, um, but marketing and recruitment during the, the fall season um, really work hand in hand because we are recruiting at other colleges, we're recruiting seniors, trying to get them interested, and obviously a lot of marketing plays into that. So um, one thing that I realized whenever I was going through recruitment was that they had a lot of blog posts that were, hey, learn about our fellowship. Hey, uh, here's a cool story about how so-and-so was a theater major, but now they're an Orfello working at, you know, an Amazon third uh, third party supplier company, you know, so just really cool stuff, but I didn't have time to read. I was a creative writing major. I was taking lots of literature classes. I had an 80-page thesis that I had to write. Like, it was intense. I didn't have time for anything else. But one thing that I did do um, when I was grocery shopping or driving somewhere is I would listen to podcasts. And so I was kind of had this aha moment of saying, oh, wow, if 
I, as a senior who was really interested in my fellowship, really didn't have time to read this stuff. You know, I'm sure there's not anybody else who's listening to it. I mean, reading it. So I kind of came up with the idea of what if we can take these stories of these people and just convert it to audio instead of writing a piece about them? How about we let them tell it over over the microphone? Um, and so my marketing director was just like, you know what, go for it. You can own this project. It's yours. If you need my help, great. If not, um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. So that's kind of how it started. It was just I didn't have time and um, wanted other people to learn about these people. And um, they're very cool, um, you know, uh, stories. So that was that was the whole reason why I got started. Mr. Nod, that's great. Sometimes you find the funniest ideas through the trainings of moments. Like you said, just driving around, said I saw a need to put it in audio form, and there you go, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, give me a little insight on, on some of the young professionals you're working with. What, what are some things that you see in the marketplace of, let's say, people who are just getting out of school, or even high school, if you work with that, uh, like high school seniors to college seniors? What are some things you've seen from those young professionals that can translate over into the next couple of years? Yeah, in terms of um, what uh, jobs are opening up or what uh, uh, jobs, uh, yeah, job business, and any, uh, any or even like skills you're seeing that could, that could help our audience looking at for anything at yeah. that point. Yeah, I would say the skills um, mainly that I think companies are looking for is just that you're going to be passionate and willing to try things. I think. Um, or fellowship is a good example of that. A lot of people come into this program and they're, you know, a chemistry degree and they are a psychology degree or a chemistry degree, theater, creative writing like myself. You know, we come from all different kinds of backgrounds, but mm-hmm. these companies don't necessarily care. And I say that in a good way, meaning they're just going to interview people who are really, really smart, really, really talented and passionate about what they what they believe in and um, what they want to do. Um so I would say that um, people, I think, are always thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't apply for, you know, uh, an entry-level marketing position unless I studied marketing. No, you know, if you're, you're passionate about it and you know stuff, you know, go for it. A lot of, a lot of companies are realizing that people who um, aren't in those areas um, can bring some good perspectives to light. I'm not saying that you should apply for accounting and you never studied, you know, accounting, but, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of things that you can apply for um, that don't, you don't need specific skills, you know, to do, especially if it's entry level, you know, uh, coming out of college, that's all you're going to really get. Um, and I guess I would say on that, on that end, um, when you do get a job and you're just kind of starting out, just take it as a first job. You know, we all don't find our dream job, right out of college and if you do let me know your secret because that would be great i'm still trying to find mine um but if you go into it uh with a positive attitude and you're just willing to learn willing to try and accept that you're going to fail because you just got out of college and you might have studied things for four years but um practicing that is very different so i guess i would say the the companies are looking for just a willingness to learn and work hard and be dependable rather than looking for individual skills. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. The mindset over, mindset over uh, a particular skill is definitely becoming the wave, right? You don't have the positive mindset or that working mindset to keep going. You're probably not going to be able to do the other details and, and find those small details. And then, of course, as you said, certain skills, like you said, are, are, are different. And let's say you go into something that you've never had experience in, it may not work. But if you have just a little hope of experience, like you said, go for it and try. It never hurts to fail in rejections. It's just what's the worst that can happen, no? 
And you just find something else, for, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so give me a little bit of an update. I know you say you were starting the podcast under a new name in February. Give us a little update and uh, taste of what's going to happen soon. Yeah, so we it's kind of going to do the same thing. I mean, we're still going to interview um, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and people in fields, but we're going to bring a little bit more of a casual side to it. So I've got two um, new hosts that are actually going to come in, and we're going to discuss, I think, the things that we're experiencing in our jobs and just kind of how do you do a new job? Like, how do I do this? <laughs> What's a 401k? A bunch of this different kinds of stuff that um, coming out of college, unless I had mentors or friends around me who are kind of going through the same thing, I didn't have people to talk to about it. And mm-hmm. I'm realizing a lot of my friends who move to other cities and they don't have friends that it's been hard for them, you know, if you don't have a community. So I think what I, what the goal of this kind of rebrand and this podcast is get we are going to be those friends for you uh, as young professionals to talk about the things that you're experiencing. And hopefully if you have issues or problems or questions, um, you can submit them to us and then uh, we can talk about them or find somebody who's more qualified to talk about it. If, if that need be. So. That's great. It sounds like you've got a variety and you mentioned big points and big topics where I think people don't underestimate when you're out of school or you're out of anything, right? You're even in a midlife crisis. You still have financial obligations. You still have uh, X, Y, and Z fine applicants. There's, there's a lot of different processes, and if you can just break that down even more, it really makes a difference. And sounds like the podcast can be a hit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. One of the, going back to the former, the biggest challenge you say was just working on the brand. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and how you're going to try to resolve that in the coming years? Yeah. So. Um... Kind of, or fellowship has a brand, right? We, it's been an organization that's been around for several years and it exists and we've found what we are and it's a brand. The podcast, we've been struggling to try and break away from it. So we don't want it to be, you know, or fellowships podcast. That's not our goal. We want it to be a young professionals podcast. So it's been kind of this fine line of saying, how do you stay true to the organization that you're aligned with, right? Because you can't be different than the organization that you're with, um, especially when the podcast is kind of run by it. But you have to have your own, you have to stand on your own legs, right? Um, I guess it's the analogy that I would use is, your parents are your parents and they are who they are, but um, that you guys have the same last name. But when you get older, you are still related to them and you still love them, but you kind of want to be your own person. Um, right. That's kind of what we're, we're, we're experiencing with this podcast is we're growing up and we want to be on our own. And yet we still need to, you know, pay respect to the people um, who were the origination of it. So um it's just been a lot to the drawing board. The name of the podcast has actually been the most difficult part, and we're actually still working on that. Um, we've got the structure and everything, but we can't come to an agreement on a name, which has been frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just understanding that we have to respect all parties involved and that we aren't our own thing, and we need to still align with the ideals of the organization that we are we are tied to. It is a crazy sequence with a lot of people say, well, it's like a satellite almost. You have a satellite campus and a satellite main. And I think our satellite team and a satellite or main team. And I think when you try to break away, sometimes it gets a little uh, convoluted where people are, well, you broke away from this, and it gets into a whole battle sometimes. We've seen that in in the whole world of business and life. Uh, is there anything specific that you've been honing on, those, going back to those whiteboards, as you were saying, that you found a kind of a, a short-term fix to, to make this happen in February? 
Um, yeah, so I think what we kind of, while we are trying to still figure out the name, we've been whiteboarding a bunch of stuff, you know, phrases and words and things and just kind of word vomiting all over all over the whiteboard. But I think what has helped us is that we um, still put together the trailer. So we still put together our sound bites and our audio and mm-hmm. the music that we wanted for it. So we kind of crafted how we want the episodes to sound. Um, and we've kind of asked ourselves what is the episode's story. Not necessarily the person who's speaking, what's their story, but what are what is this podcast story? So that has kind of helped us narrow down the list of, you know, saying, yeah, it's a business podcast, but it's a young professional's business podcast. And so kind of just narrowing down what it really is to kind of help um, feed some words for the name. No, it, sometimes it really is about narrowing down, just throwing it, throwing it at the dartboard, right? You, you Sometimes it's better to trial and error and uh, make things happen rather than have a set structure sometimes. Would you say for your life in the course of your life, have you ever had a moment where trial and error has worked and starting to incorporate into this podcast trying to figure things out? Yeah, I mean, I would say trial and error is my whole life, man. Um, <laughs> honestly, there you know, you go. It's, I think, uh, you know, you're just going to try it, right? You know, I applied to this to this job and by, you know, the grace of God and the world, like I got the job and um, I'm just, you know, figuring things out as I go. Um, and same thing with podcasting. I had no background in podcasting other than loving to listen to podcasts. And I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot, you know, and we'll see where this goes. So I think the trial and error has just been, you know, listening to people's feedback, whether it be, at, you know, work and I'm working on a project and saying, yep, love the way you did this, but didn't really like that. Okay, great. I'll tweak it for next time. Um, I think just learning to take criticism as it comes rather than taking it as in a personal personal affront has been really big. Um, and so that trial and error has just been, yeah, great. Let's just keep moving forward and we find the small things that work. I think if you try and perfect it at the very beginning, it's never going to work. You know, share before you're ready. It's actually a, a mentor kind of for or fellowship. His name is Max Yoder. Um, he says that. He's like, you know, share before you're ready share your ideas and, you know, get feedback on them and talk to people about it because you'll succeed faster rather than having it all figured out and then you put so much money and time towards something and then who knows, you present it to, you know, an investor or somebody who's interested and they're like, yeah, no, man, if you would have brought this to me, you know, two months ago, we could have worked on it to make it go in a better direction, but, you know, you're too far invested now and I'm not interested. So I, I think that's just the, the, I don't know, the point is, you know, do it whenever you feel like you should, well, do it before you feel like you should, not when you actually feel like you should. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, definitely launch a lower percentage instead of trying to make it 100%. I think the great thing about, you know, this pod, our podcast, we've interviewed so many people, and they say the same thing. It's not about that perfect track, that perfect uh, music video or that perfect idea. It's really just about the growth and the process. And is there anything in the process you've learned from where you come from since you graduated school to, now as a young professor yourself, uh, that you can take away and say, you know what, I can I can go to bed easy at night saying, it's all right, I got what I need to get accomplished and just, just keep rolling with it? Yeah, I think I try and have that mindset each day. You know, um, I'm a warrior. I'm anxious. I like to do my things perfectly. I like to have everything tied up at the end of the day uh, with a bow. But I think I, my process that I've kind of had is I wake up in the morning and I, you know, go to and I have a good breakfast and it just sets my day and my mind just in a better place. Um, and then, you know, whatever I have throughout the day, it's, 
I'm going to get it done or I'm not going to get it done. You know, it's one of those two things. And as long as I can, um, you know, focus on what's the important things that I need to get done and what's the things that aren't so important, as long as I can kind of prioritize, I find myself sleeping better at night, you know, because I'm not worried about that one thing that's due at 8 a.m. tomorrow that I didn't get done today, you know. So it's prioritization and just kind of understanding what I have going on, but also realizing that, um the world will not end if I don't send that one email, you know, the world will not end if um, I didn't finish those slides. Um, You know, I might have to work really, really hard to get them done the next day, but um, the world won't end. And that's actually my next point. When you went through the downtimes, you were on the the form here. I have to take a step back and remind myself, I'm trying my best. It's the bird's eye view approach is taking a step back. Uh, When you, would you say there's any moment that you can give to anybody you've interacted with in your life or somebody who's trying to get into the fields of any profession? What's the biggest takeaway you can give to them using that uh, slogan you said, taking a step back and, and taking that bird's eye view to look at themselves? Yeah, I think the advice, hmm, what would I give like 18 year old me? Um, I, I think it would be just it kind of don't worry so much. It's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try hard, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, do your best. But ultimately, you're going to end up where you need to be. Um, And if that isn't the job that you applied for, who knows? Maybe that's not your actually your dream job. Who it could have been awful. And thank goodness you're not there. You know. So I think if I were to give myself advice or other people advice trying to get into a profession, is like you know, just try. You know, ask a lot of questions, be curious, um, show interest. But um, the world's not going to end if you if you don't achieve the first thing that you thought you wanted to do, right? Um, yeah, I I think it'd be just don't worry so much, and that's I say that kind of half laughing. I have to remind myself of that every single day. Um, so it's a constant battle for me, even still. Yeah, it's funny we had a, we had a person say the same thing. They said there's a PhD in failure. And it's a funny statement, but it's true, right? You're going to go through a lot of learning experiences. And uh, the more you continue to understand and and better yourself and keep personally developing yourself and say, hey, listen, I know what my limits are. I want to be a better person. You take those initiatives uh, faster. Now, looking at your personal development, what are some things I know you said you listen to podcasts? So tell me some things you listen to, not not brand-related to yourself or uh, anyone or fellowship, that just helps your brand, helps your mindset to keep going and make things happen. Um, sorry, could you repeat that one more time? You kind of crackled out for a second. Very good. Uh, what, what are some things you listen to, read, or, or just to help your personal growth and development? That's all. Oh, sure. Um, I so in terms of podcasts, I love to listen to stuff um, that are I don't know, like true crime and stuff like that, um, and very just different from anything that I would do. So a couple of my favorites, um, S Town. I mean, This American Life is like, I don't know, the Holy Grail besides NPR. Um, <laughs> and um, I listen to just a lot of Wendy, um produced podcasts and stuff like that. So I just listen to other people just to gain insight on how they're doing things and how um, just I could be bettering myself in my podcasting. Um, I do love to read. Um, I read some business books. And um, one of them that I just read was called Playing Big. And it was um, – a book written by a woman who kind of gives 
these classes or courses on women in the business world. And um, I actually had my dad read it too, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, so I was reading it because I was like, oh, women in the business world, like this is really cool. And then my dad was like, oh, I'd like to know that perspective. Like I want to, I obviously don't experience that. So I want to experience what business women, you know, are kind of going through. So it's, I say that it's a book's kind of for everybody, not just women. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm always, um, self-indulging though and reading you know fiction like outlander or rereading harry potter and stuff like that so um yeah i I, it bounces between being actually really uh hopeful in you know self-help books and you know business books and then on the totally opposite end you know just fiction and fun stuff (laughs) no that's great that's great i think it's important that uh, we we look at that perspective and that was actually one of my next point how as a woman in the business world tell me your experiences like it's been a very positive experience has it been very fair and equal. I know a lot of people make that, that stereotype. It's not, but tell me your experiences. Yeah, no, I, um, it's kind of awesome. I am in a manufacturing company. Um, and I guess the stereotype with manufacturing companies is that they're primarily, you know, male dominated. Um, but with my company, that's not the case, you know? And so that's pretty awesome. Um, I work in operations and, while I, you know, I'm the only female kind of in our team, I never feel like I'm the only female, you know, so it's like very, I don't know, it's, I've never had a bad experience at all, honestly, um, it, it's, it's been kind of great, um, I never have, I, like, whenever I hear other people talk about, oh, yeah, women in the business world, this has been my, like, this has been my experience, I never even really think that I have an experience, quote unquote, because it's not, it's not, and it, it is an experience, but it's not been a bad one or it's not been negative in any form. So I'm like, I never, I don't know, associate myself with that. Um, so yeah, I feel like my voice is heard equally, if not sometimes more <laughs> than other people on my team. And it's just, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I haven't ever really had to, had to deal with anything like that. That's great. No, it's great to hear. Cause a lot of people, like, like you said, they, they start venting, they start complaining. Uh, it goes for and it just hurts the company culture, right? I think it's important to establish a, not only a good culture, but an understanding of we're here for everybody, and uh, really keep it like a family mentality. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Like with the Durham Max, very family oriented. People get along well and turn yeah, over the Durham Mark. Duramark yeah. is definitely family oriented. You know, they started out small and we're around um, like 60 people now. And so it's, it's still, it's just fun. Um, I'm, I know everybody by name, you know, in the whole building and um, a lot of times, you know, we'll walk by and there's people I'll catch up about them, about their families, their weekend. And, you know, I'm a lot more close, you know, with the people on my team, but I still feel like if I were, pl- you know, plopped into a room with the other people in like finance or sales or something like I would still have a great day, you know? Um, and so that's one thing that my company has done a really good job of, you know, company culture is really important. And our CEO has always, always said, and he kind of preaches just, if you don't have company culture, then you really don't have a company, you know, it's really important to have a healthy company culture. Um, and I think that is the reason why, I mean, one of the reasons why I love, I love it here is, um, when you have a leadership team that is so focused on company culture, um, you know, ultimately they have their employees and everybody's best interest, you know, at heart. Um, yeah. So I think that's been pretty awesome. As as a CEO of your podcast, you're running the show. What can you learn from your CEO at your nine to five that can apply to uh, your podcast with your team members and trying to get things out of the way and figure things out? Yeah, that's a really great question, actually. Um, I would say one thing that I've learned from my CEO at work and the leadership team here um, and translated over to my podcast is 
the importance of making sure everybody is heard, you know, having, giving everybody the space to, you know, voice their opinions and everything. Um, and, but also being able to make the right decision for the company or, you know, for the podcast. So even though I might ask everybody their opinion and I want their feedback, um, you know, still at the end of the day, it's the job of the leadership team to make the decision. And, um, that can sometimes be hard, you know, depending on what it is, everybody not, might not agree with it, but you know, if it's the, I don't know, everybody's best interest is, is held at heart, then it will be a good decision. Um, so I think that's one thing I've tried to translate over to my podcast is just saying, yep, everybody, what do you think? But, um, at the end of the day, myself and the marketing director, we have the final say, um, and sometimes that's hard to do. And, um, but that's the part of kind of being a good leader, I think. You know, tension builds connection with the more, obviously you don't want it all the time, but just a little tension, a little friction is good because the more, the more you can have those uncomfortable moments to really be comfortable in yourself. Uh, can you name a time where you were in an uncomfortable situation, whether it be the business world or anything in your life, where then you said, you know what, it may not be the best for me right now, but then a couple of weeks later as you reminisced and looked back, it was a comfortable situation to help you grow? Um, yeah, I would honestly say kind of with this rebrand that we're doing with the podcast, um, we asked opinions on some names and everything and stuff got vetoed and um, we were then pushing for like our, our third favorite or our fourth favorite in terms of names and going to graphic designers to get stuff done and everything. And I, as everybody was on board, but kind of me um, and I kind of went, no, you know what? We have to pump the brakes. Like, I'm sorry, we're going to not meet our, we actually were supposed to launch in January. And I said, we're not going to make our, um, launch date in January. We're going to push to February. I want to take time to think about this and I want to really do it right. And, um, we just, we need to put, we need to press pause. Um, and a few people, I don't think were very, very pleased with that because they wanted to, you know, get things going, but kind of as, I don't know, the leader of this podcast, I just wanted to make sure that it was done right. Um, I think it was hard to say, you know, well, I'm not going to meet that deadline. Yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to, you know, push it out a little bit. Um, and it goes back to realizing the world didn't end, you know, we just postponed it a month. Um, I don't want to postpone it another month, but if for the sake of everything, and if it needs to be a good decision for the organization, I'd be willing to do that, you know? But sometimes you got to make those business decisions, right? I think the constructive criticism aspect too, it's okay to have a little constructive criticism and take those aspects and make those hard choices. Like you said, pushing that month back instead of launching January. Sometimes you don't also want to launch first to the point there's nothing really going here. There's no possible traction. Whereas you launch February, we feel like, you know, it may not be perfect, but this is a little bit more workable for solutions down the road, for sure. Yeah. Uh, give me your, your uh, when you said you wish more people eat, and I wish more people eat that things will work out. The hard part is that sometimes things working out isn't the way we want it to go. Give us a little insight on, on where you got that slogan and how you, know, you can help other people who might be struggling at this time. Um, yeah, so I guess I would say my parents have always just kind of said that, like, go for what you want, but sometimes um, that's what you want isn't where you need to be. Um, and I would say that I, you know, ending up at my company was one of those. Um, I was actually looking at another company and I really wanted to work there and um, like it didn't work out. And Duramark was kind of bottom of my list, you know, decal manufacturing, how boring could that be? You know, it's going to not be great, but I took the job. Um, and it has been the most 
wonderful experience I've ever had, you know, in terms of mentorship with my leadership team, my team, and just learning and to collaborate with them. And so I think that if I had gotten my way, I would have ended up at a company and they're, they're a great company, you know, but who knows, I, I might not have been a great fit there. And I've been a great fit at this company and have been able to exercise, I don't know, my freedom in making decisions and actually contributing to big projects and that's really important. So um, who knows what the other direction might have looked like, but I'm definitely glad that um, I landed where I did. And that goes back to your second part, too. Um, that doesn't mean I try my hardest, and you're a believer in making things happen. You know, everything happens for a reason. Uh, other than that, moment, anything where you could apply in your personal life where you felt like it just happened for a reason and it sparked, like, the conversation um, when you try to get into the podcast game, you didn't have enough time to read your shopping one day in the groceries. And it came up naturally. Any organic instances like that? Um, yeah, no, I guess I would I would kind of just say I just talked to the right people at the right time. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to kind of a career coach, um, and I was interested in podcasting, and she was like, oh, you know what, I know so-and-so. She does podcasting, like you guys could connect and talk. And I think just like those people um, – willing to network, you know, with me and uh, connect me to other people, that's been kind of just happenstance. You know, if I hadn't known that person who had known that other person, I wouldn't have ever gotten interested in something. So I think it's just um, you never know what kind of connection or um, opportunity you'll get from the people that you meet. Um, Yeah, I think that's something I'm still learning and um, hopefully continue to still learn opportunities and stuff that come about. Yeah, opportunities are great, and you make a great point. I think I think certain things where certain people you meet, certain people you talk to, sometimes you take it with a grain of salt, as everyone says with the opinions. But when you really look into it and look back on it and say, you know what, I learned something from everybody. You take a little piece of something from every single person you meet in your life. You start building up this legacy of impact. You start building up this legacy of so opportunities will always arise. And, and, it, and it, creates, it creates a lot of value, right? Not just for yourself, but your audience, too, as you start to become more morale-boosted and whatnot, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so give me give me when this time. This is a tough one for you to answer. But as far as the line, you said um, my dream would be to have a loyal listener network and eventually host events for podcasts, such as uh, like a podcast con down in Orlando or uh, give giveaways, something of that nature where you can you guys all meet up. Give me that a vision moving forward and when it does align. Yeah. So I guess I say it's so small, um, but uh, my ultimate dream is just to have, you know, people contributing to the podcast in terms of, you know, emailing us with things that they want to um, hear about, you know, people that they want to hear from, you know, providing us with what they they love and what they don't love. Um, so I guess I would I would love that. Um, and in terms of just events and different kinds of things, um, Indianapolis is already such a huge community um, for business in the area. So I'd love to have, you know, our podcast be a, I don't know, a host of that. So where we have some live panels and, you know, record those and share them with our listener network and just be able to network and have that connectivity in between everybody. Um, that's what I'm trying to do through, you know, audio waves, but it'd be even, it's even more impactful whenever you can do it face to face. So eventually I, I hope to get to that point. Well, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great goal to strive for, right? Because at the end of the day, to only to get there, you have to understand the process, and to get there, you also have to start dreaming big. And the more you dream big, and we've interviewed many people, they say it happens. It just happens when you keep dreaming big. You'll eventually reach your goals. And uh, just keep that up, man. It sounds like you got some great things going for you there for sure. All right. Uh, no problem, no problem. Uh, so the quote, this is from your, uh, your mom. It's funny. My mom always says, if you don't, you won't, which to me basically means if you don't do it you, uh, now, you'll never – 
and maybe you'll regret it. Give me a, uh, a little elaboration on then, a little backstory on how you learned that and how you apply it today. Yeah. So um, kind of, uh, I don't know, a bittersweet reason why that came, that phrase came about from my mom. Um, a few years ago, my family experienced a family tragedy. And um, I think from that, my mom just kind of like, I don't know, it shook her a little bit. And she's like, I'm going to do the things with that I want to do with the people that I want to be with. And so um, she kind of started applying it to just like, oh, well, I'm going to go to this place. You know, I'm going to go to Colorado and I'm going to hammock camp. We're going to go road trip to, you know, North Carolina and go see the doom, you know, different things like that. She was just like, I want to do this with my family and this is what's important to me. Um, but then, you know, she started applying it to like things that she wanted to do. So, you know, um, she wants to be able to run, you know, three miles, you know, cause if you don't know, you won't. Um, and I, she then kind of, it just infected me a little bit. And while I do have that for like travel and people I want to see, um, I kind of apply it to my business philosophy of in hand in hand with, you know, share before you're ready. So I have a night, let's just say, you know, if I had this idea for the podcast and I was trying to perfect it and trying and trying and trying, and then eventually it probably would have petered out. You know, I had the passion for it immediately, I asked people about it, I kind of just went for it, and here it is. You know, we're still in infant stages, you know, it's maybe a bit of a toddler, but it's still growing. Um, if I hadn't followed the philosophy of if you don't, you won't, I would have regretted it. I would have decided not to do the podcast. I would have probably said, oh, I'm way too underqualified. Um, but you know what? Who cares? You know, do it now. It might be a little bit of a risk. And it wasn't even that much risk. It was just, am I going to embarrass myself or not? And do I care? Right. Not really. Um, so I think that's even when I'm taking into consideration with my career and things that I want to do. You know, if there's an opportunity out there, you know, you might as well do it, you know, because if you decide not to, then um, if you're going to think about it in 10 years and say, oh, wow, I really should have taken that job or I really should have met with that person, um, you'll regret it. And I, you know, it's not a good thing to live with those regrets. Now I'll do a little reversal on this. So when this, using this statement, let's say some type of adversity happens in this year for 2020, you're moving forward. Let's say uh, something just happens where it might be with the team, might be with somebody else. How are you going to use that message to not only help yourself by yourself, but for both parties, create no regret and make the situation better? Yeah, um, I think it's just, it, it, it will already, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not even really sure how I want to answer that. Um how to make it better for both parties. I think um, if I realize that I have an opportunity for somebody or if um, let's say somebody comes to me with an idea or something that they want to do, like make a career change, actually a good example of this, a friend of mine is not really happy in her current job situation, um, mm -hmm. but she's been really reluctant to reach out to a few people that she knows at a place that she does want to work at. And so I challenged her. I said, hey, next time that we get together for coffee, I want you to have reached out to three people that work at that company. You know, I, those are actionable things that you can do that you can kind of just pursue it. And if it doesn't work out, you know, and you find out that's something you don't want to do actually, then great. But if you don't reach out to those people, you won't know. Um, so that's one way that I was like, you know what, I'm going to try and infect this other person with this mentality and just say, it doesn't even have to be, you know, switch jobs. Um, mm. The action could be reach out and find out more about the job. You know, that's if you don't, you won't. You know, you got to reach out first in order to figure out if it's the one that you want to do. So just small things like that, even um, more so than the big ones. That's right. Little, little micro details. Sometimes those micro details are the answer and the keys to everything. So it's important to never forget that. And also don't put a discount saying, well, because it's a small detail, it don't matter. 
But in reality, it could be your your push to get going, your your push to find a new hobby or find a new passion for sure. Uh, looking at your 2020 vision, what is your 2020 vision, man? And then how you can apply your 2020 vision to the next decade as we uh, enter a new decade. Uh, yeah. So um, for myself or for business, uh, or b- for business, yeah, anything, anything, anything you like to share. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would say I don't do New Year's resolutions. Um, mm-hmm. I do bucket lists. So I kind of um, categorize it into people I want to see, places I want to go, and things I want to accomplish. Um, and so in things I want to accomplish, I always try and have like a career goal, whether it be like um, be certified in project management or learn Excel, like pick an Excel course or something like that. Um, I always have a creative one, and then I always have like a like a physical one. So, um, for example, this year, my kind of 2020 goals for myself are to um, learn Excel, and we have an ERP system for my company that I want to learn more about. So those are like hard skills. My um, uh, physical one would be um, (laughs) I'm going to run a half marathon. So that's going to be fun and interesting because I'm not a runner, but um, it'll push me. And then the third one is – to just develop this podcast. So podcasting is, you know, my passion and it helps me be creative. So this branding, this rebrand is, is that, is that new goal and to launch it and to um, make it, I don't know, make it successful. However that looks. Um, As we go into a new decade, I think it's just always reminding myself that I don't need a new year to have these new, new bucket list items. Like if it's, there's something that I find that I need to learn or that I want to learn, um, I should just go ahead and make time for it. Um, and so I think that's the the mentality that um, I try and have at work and in my personal life is just saying if there's something that I need to learn or that I want to learn, um, now is the time to start it. I don't have to wait for it to be be the, the perfect time because there is no perfect time. So to start today, start start now, right? I think it's the best time, right? All we got is now, you know, and, and the grand scheme of things, everyone talks about tomorrow. As you said, you're quality. Right? You don't want to regret it because we don't, we don't, we're not giving them. We're only giving right now and, we can't go back in the past. It's really now, and how you apply now is what makes the most of today, and that's how you set up your better tomorrow. It's a great way to end the show for sure. Uh, thank you, man, for coming on the show. You want to plug your social media links and anything or fellowships so we can put those in our show notes too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram at or fellowship. Um, it's O-R-R fellowship. Um, yeah, find us on LinkedIn. We've got um, our website um, that is orfellowship.org um, and you can find content about all of us who are in the program um, you can read our bios and then you can also um, read our media posts so that's where our podcasts get um, hosted and also the um, long form like interviews but for sure follow us um, with the podcast um, right now it's or else um, and if you follow it and subscribe there then you'll be able to follow us even more whenever we have the rebrand so yeah Stay tuned. Awesome. Definitely. We'll stick to it. We'll definitely give those show notes out. Thank you, as always, to the United Podcast Experience listeners for giving your undivided attention to not only myself, but our great guests. Man, have a great rest of your Thank you for taking time out of your day. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yo, thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, we hope this episode was valuable. And for more awesome stories, please subscribe. If you have someone else in mind that should hear these episodes too, go ahead and share it. We dare you. Follow us on Instagram at The United Promotion. And for everything else, including show notes and more info on how to become a guest on our podcast, 
visit linktr.ee forward slash the UP. Have a great day.